Founders Fake Startup Supercharge. I am here with Moti, the founder and CEO of Atlantic Brands. The reason I brought Moti on is because he is a master at pitching investors. This is for all you early stage startups out there that are wondering, how do I get the investor to say yes? Well, Moti is the guy. He does this day and night. So Moti, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you for this kind, kind intro. I'm happy to be here. Can you give us a little background on yourself, what you've done in the past, and what inspired you to become the guru of startup pitches? Absolutely. Um, so in the past decade and a bit more, um, I managed marketing teams in different capacities, CMO, VP of marketing for different startups. Uh, took them from the stage of founders-led growth all the way, in some cases, to unicornism. Um, and I really kind of got the ins and outs of startups' operations, both in sales, in marketing, and in every aspect of, of building a startup. Um, and with a background in public speaking, I used to teach public speaking at Columbia University, I was always a fan of storytelling and content. Um, and this is how I was able to establish growth for the companies I worked for. When 2023 hit and the tech market saw a bit of a decline in um, demand for investments, a lot of founders from my network reached out and said, something is not clicking. The way we used to pitch in the past is not breaking the threshold. And this is where I realized the pitch deck templates that everyone was using until then is pretty much dead. It's time to transition into a more engaging pitch cycle that will allow investors, uh, founders, sorry, to go above the threshold and pitch investors in the right way. Let's talk about that. So, you know, most founders use the standard 15 slide or so pitch deck. They walk investors through the slides. We know what all the slides are. Right. What's broken about this model? Well, here's the thing. The broken thing about the model is that it's a template. It boxes your energy, your character, your passion, your company, everything that you created with your own hands into a predetermined flow. Now, let's think about it. There is an investor who is seeing hundreds of pitches a month, hundreds and hundreds of pitches a month. And everyone is coming in using the same flow. Everyone is coming in using the same lingo. Where is the point of differentiation? The approach to pitching should not be what do I put in the presentation, but how do I engage and connect with the investor in front of me? You know, there is a saying that the purpose of the first meeting with an investor is the second meeting. The purpose of the first three minutes in an investor meeting is for them to listen for the remainder 40 minutes. So it's all about creating engagement from one moment one and then building in context to that engagement. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, yeah, so let's, so that's great. So in a practical sense, like what, what are those first three minutes? Like, how do you get into the investor's head? Give us a few, maybe anecdotes, uh, some examples, exactly. how you get into the investor's head and get them like focused on you really focused instead of just glazing over, like, especially if it's late in the afternoon and you haven't had your coffee, like I exactly. get pitches and you're just like, oh, another pitch. Exactly. So if you're not so lucky to pitch at 9 a.m. and you're in the 4 p.m. thing, 
So the first three minutes is this is where I like to use the purposeful story. Rather than coming in and say, here is the problem, here is the solution, here is the target audience. Why won't you start with a story that encapsulates everything into it? I'll give you an example, okay? I'll tell you a story. I was at an event once and next to me said a high profile, a high net worth individual. And she asked me, Moti, what do you do for a living? And I said, I can tell you what I do for a living or I can tell you a story. What do you prefer to hear? And she said, a story. Um, and at that time I was the VP of marketing for Carbine, which allows 911 centers to communicate with callers for the first time without an app through video and text. And I told her the following story. And this is how the investor pitching can start. I told her, you know, one time a woman called 911 and the 911 operator on the phone said, 911, what's your emergency? There was nothing on the line. She didn't speak. He said again, 911, what's your emergency? Nothing. Third time as the protocol dictates, 911, what's your emergency? And then he started hearing from the other side, heavy breathing. He realized there is a person in danger and that person cannot verbally communicate. So he used the carbine link to send her a text message. And he wrote to her, 911, what's your emergency? And she said, my husband, who got severely drunk, beat me and forced me to the floor and said that if I'm going to move, he's going to pull the trigger of his shotgun. He's now asleep. Please come quickly. Everything is going via text. The 911 call taker told her police is on the way. Police arrived. They surrounded the house. And via text, they asked her, where are you in the house? She said, second floor, right to the stairs. Officers came in, second floor, right to the stairs. And he told her, on the count of three, I want you to run out and the officers will come in. Are you ready? She replied via text, I'm ready. And like in, in, like in a Hollywood movie, he wrote three, two, one, go. She went out, the officers went in, got the husband without a single shot being fired. Now I looked at that woman and I said, imagine to yourself what would have happened to that person without the ability to text in real time to 911. This is the broken process because 911 today is all about phone calls. And she said, Moti, I'm in. I'm in. So Great story. Than... I'm in. I'm all in on that. So yeah, exactly. you, you and, suddenly and see the value of the product, right? You don't even, you don't need to have, you know, exactly. the problem, the solution, all, all You start with a purposeful story. And the purposeful story means that you encapsulate the problem, the target audience, the solution in an engaging way. And once you do all of that, that's it. You can build your presentation in context of that story. Now, why is that solution amazing? because there are 9,911 centers in the US and none of them has that solution. And imagine that in most of them, they have seven call takers per 911 centers at $150 per seat per month, and that's it. And then you can build the flow with a context. Yeah, so this this works with people kidnapped. You can imagine a lot of situations where yeah. people, you know, have their phone and they don't want to let on to who's ever, whatever dangerous person is around. What's happening? Or people who got maybe punched or their neck slit. There's all sorts of things, right? But very cool. So, uh, startup, you know, founders. So they tell the purposeful story. That's very impactful. What else can they do uh, to really? 
uh, get the investor engaged during their pitch? So after you start with a purposeful story, um, this is kind of the four stages of the pitch cycle. You start with a purposeful story and then you go to the opportunity. Now, what is the opportunity? The opportunity is a realistic, addressable market that you think you can win with your solution. Now, there is a thing that we need to understand when we are pitching investors. Your product is not scalable. A lot of founders are coming in and say, our product is scalable because it's not scalable. The process transformation you are going after, that's the scalable part because that can be repeated in every company in your vertical. That is scalability. So when you focus your conversation on the product and not the process transformation, investors don't see the opportunity. The process transformation equals the purpose equals the opportunity. So focus on the process transformation and how it um, correlates to the story you just told. For instance, car by 911, everyone is talking to 911 only by phone today. You and I are Zooming. People are texting. Kids are sharing video. Why can't 911 do the same? We have to change the process in which we communicate. In and fact, this all is where of us, I would say, all of us send far more text messages than we ever do phone calls these days. I exactly. mean, how, how often do you make a phone call? I mean, you might make one or two a day if you're lucky, but you might send exactly. 50 or 100 text messages. Exactly. And when you speak about the opportunity, it's important to keep it grounded. You know, a lot of time I see brilliant, talented, smart founders who are falling to the template trap and they go after yes. the TAM, the total available market. Awesome. And they say, yes. this, this, you know, this is a $32 billion industry and I've seen it happen so many times. And, and no we're investor take wants over. to hear that. <laughs> and no investor wants to hear it. And let's think about it for a second. If you're going to take over the TAM, okay, what does that make you? That makes you a monopoly. There is not a single company in the Western world, at least, that has taken over TAM. Not Google, not Facebook, not Apple. No one has taken the total available market. So what's the point of it? Just go with a realistic, addressable market opportunity. Yes, I totally agree. And work from the bottom up. Can you talk about that? Because that's exactly. what investors want to see. Exactly. So you start with the addressable market and go up and really show, you know, I love the way Uber presented their first pitch deck. They did best case scenario, worst case scenario, and they put in realistic numbers. And remember, in early stage funding, you don't need to show how the initial seed or a half a million, $4 million on what you're raising is going to get you to a billion. That's not the goal of it. You need to show how it's going to take you to the next round, how you're going to scale the company within those two years. And especially in 2023, how you're going to manage money properly. That is very critical for today's investors. Exactly. Yeah, because these investors, I mean, they've already bought into the market or they wouldn't even be talking to you, right? So exactly. they know there's a big market there. They don't They don't need more details on it. They need like, how are you going to spend my money? Like if I give you exactly. this money, how far are you going to get? Yes. So, and, so and, yeah. let's go into that. Exactly. So the ability for you to say, groundly that this is your projection and rationalize why you can achieve that projection. If you're saying that with a half a million dollar, you're going over a $32 billion market, 
there is a disconnect, okay? You are creating a disconnect. Another way to create a disconnect when you're talking about the market and the opportunity is to not follow the traditional lingo. How many times, Steve, have you heard the following from founders? Our company is going to reimagine the way we're doing this. Our company is going to redefine the way we're doing this. Our company is going to reinvent or we're going to disrupt this market. You're not going to do any of those things because for, some, for, for, for the investor, because if every single founder that is coming into the room is describing the market in a way that they're going to reinvent, redesign, reimagine, then not only you're not doing it, all you're doing is recycling messaging because it doesn't mean anything what does reinvent mean, mean? show me how <laughs> exactly you are in the room and you got permission you just got permission by an investor to be yourself they want to connect to you you have to remember it yeah so so what you're saying is is really important i want our audience to understand don't waste time on meaningless words, right? There's a lot of meaningless words out there that you can throw out that are all the buzzwords. They want specifics, like what is your product? How much does it cost to make? You know, how are you going to get it to customers? How are they going to use it? What's the value created in, you know, when they're using it? This is really important, those details. And then you go on to say, and let's talk about this, you as a person. So how do you present yourself? Like what do investors want to see? They want to see you. They want to see you. If whatever you is, just bring it to the table. We all want to look better in front of investors. That's a trap. That is a trap because the smart investors, and I love the way you kind of separate the smart investors and the non-smart investors, the smart investors will sniff in genuine people a mile away. They can sniff it even before you're in the room. And the, 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 the perception that you're coming there to sell something, to sell a business, to sell an idea is wrong. You're coming there to get a partner. You don't sell to partners. You share with partners. You, um, I would say, get partners excited about the journey. You want to work with partners. So once you're putting your sales face on and it's not you, it's not going to flow. So it's about opening up. It's about letting Open them up. know who you are, like personal details about your life. Like, why is this meaningful, right? Why exactly. am I doing this startup? Like what motivated me to leave a good paying job um, and other opportunities to dive into this crazy startup world that we all know is so risky? Um these type of things. So give us some examples of like a lot of people pitching, uh, they're nervous, right? Uh, they, you know, they might not be, they might be an engineer, right? Who started their company. They're not a public speaker like, like you. And now yeah. I'm a public speaker. I do a lot of public speaking, you know, so we're used to it. Like how right. do they get over that barrier to really open up, reveal themselves? What can you have some examples? Yes. First of all, you're not going to wing it. Just because you know the product, just because you know the company, doesn't mean you can present it. You have to prepare. You have to prepare. And let's say you don't have the capacity to hire consultants like us and you want to do it on your own. So this is what I would recommend to, uh, to founders. First of all, 
write down your script. You have your slides, you have your storyline, actually write down what you're gonna say per slide. Now it's not for you to memorize it, but it's for you to have a framework of where the conversation is going in every slide. After you've done that, I encourage everyone to stand and rehearse the pitch out loud. You can do it alone in your room, in your bathroom, wherever it is, rehearse it verbally. Don't go over talking points and say, okay, this is where I'm gonna talk about this point and this point and this point. No, you have to deliver the pitch verbally to yourself, to your partner, to your whoever it may be, and exercise it. That's exactly the advice I give. And then I add a little more on top. So I say, once you uh, practice it and you have to practice it over and over and over, so it kind of sinks into your brain, then forget it. Because like you want to be natural, yep. like you you just right. said, you want to be you, right? So you don't want yep. to say it like you're reading off a script that you've memorized, like exactly. a robot. You just want to say it in your own words. And another thing I, I tell entrepreneurs is if you make a mistake or screw up, just be you. Just like, oh my God, you know, I made this mistake. Admit it. And it frees you up because there's one thing that I know about investors. It's they don't remember everything you said. They don't even exactly. remember half the facts you said. You're lucky if they remember 10% of the facts you said a day later, you know, yep. 10%. What they remember is the overall impression they get. Like, is this person genuine? Is this person passionate? Is this, you know, a big opportunity? They remember those things. And that's what ends up triggering them to call you back. Exactly. You know, that's such a powerful point because at the end of the day, here is the thing. There is a neuropsychologist from the University of Michigan called John Medina. And he wrote a book that is called Brain Rules. I encourage everyone to read it, regardless if you're pitching or not. And he said that the human brain, in order to understand information, it has to understand meaning over details. So when you're coming into the room, don't feature dump your product. Don't feature dump everything your company is doing. Speak about the meaning of what you do. Give the context of the solution, of the problem. Speak big. You don't have to go to every single button in your product. And I'll tell you this, investors, they don't care about your technology. They know that your technology is not going to be the same six months, a year, or five years down the road. They really want to understand the problem and why are you going to solve it. That's it. Yes. And, and what you said uh, resonates with me because when you pitch investors by explaining meaning, uh, that like you explain the meaning with your story, right? About the 911 call and the text message and how it literally saved this woman's life. You right. Then you like, I will remember that. I will remember that story. I, I may forget a lot of other details of that pitch, but I would remember that exactly. story and that would motivate me. Like I would be like, exactly. I got to get back to this. In the same way, I think uh, the the entrepreneur has to also tell a personal story about them, right? Because right. if you're going to really know somebody, how do we know each other, right? I exactly. I don't know you just by pitching, but tell me a story about you how what this journey of doing this company means like you said meaning means to you like and if you can explain what it means to you that's what they'll remember they won't remember 
all the other that's, details. That, that's such a good point. So we spoke about the pitch cycle, right? The method that I used to go yeah. for investor pitching. Yeah. Step one, we said capture the imagination with a purposeful story. Step two, go over the opportunity, the realistic opportunity. Step three is the business argument. And the business argument, and this is an interesting one, is not the go-to market. It's not the business model. The first thing is the business argument is why you? Okay, I got it. I understand the opportunity. The first thing is why you? Tell me why are you poised to solve this problem? And I've, it's interesting. I've had a few founders coming into me and they said, look, Moti, we've never been CEOs before. And I don't even have a degree. How can I instill the confidence in the investor that I can do this? Why you? is not necessarily your background. It's great if you have the experience, show off that experience, but why you means, why is that problem so critical, so important to you that you decided that everything else doesn't matter. Your life is going to be focused on that. And when, once they see the genuine passion, that becomes the business argument. This is the business argument that you go for. So that's step three of the pit cycle. And we'll go to step four in a second. So I will just chime in here. You know, I was giving a pitch. It was a contest uh, for for startups sponsored by Verizon. And the prize was a million dollar cash prize. Literally a million dollars. They'll write you a check and they just give it to you. No equity, nothing. And I went into this nationwide contest with very low expectations <laughs> that I would get anywhere. I made it all the way pitching to the final you know, five companies out of thousands of companies. And in those five companies, you know, I went up there and I gave my pitch, you know, again, you know, I had to give it right. every step of the way. I gave it and I walked away and go, wow, I won that contest. Like I did a great job. What I didn't realize is that one other person did a better job. <laughs> well, I... The other person beat me like they beat me. And what they did was very simple. And it's exactly what you said. They made the story personal. They right. told how their product, how they developed their product because their father had suffered a stroke. And this product was to help their father. So all my, you know, my, mine was a pretty good pitch too. I, you know, I, I was second, I still got a lot of money, but I wasn't first. Because their story resonated on a personal level to the founders. Mine resonated, you know, on a more social level, but theirs was very personal why they were doing that business. So let's go to the next step. So the next step of the pitch cycle, I'm just going to repeat the first three again. One, capturing imagination with a purposeful story, the opportunity, the business argument, and then comes the matter of it all asking for money they ask money. <laughs> for money you are there because you want money right now and you most founders are ending the presentation and we are seeking 10 million dollars in round a investment to achieve everything we just described and they finish the presentation here is the thing about people no one likes it when people are asking them for money. Even investors don't like it when people they never saw before are asking them for millions and millions of dollars. So when it comes to asking for money, 
Here is my tip to you. Don't ask for it. Now, hear me out. You've done the three stages. We haven't covered the go-to-market and the business model yet. And at that point, rather than ending with the asking for money, which is very uncomfortable and awkward for everyone, do the following. And if you're interested in learning how we're going to use the $10 million round A we're raising, I'll be more than happy to share my go-to-market and business model with you. Is that of interest? Let the investor nod. What we found, and actually Gong found it, not me, it's their statistics, is when you ask for interest, the conversion is actually increasing rather than asking for the actual action. Really smart. Action, really smart. Because you're action. not, first of all, if you're asking for money, they feel like they have to commit. And exactly. so that they're going to resist that, right? Because exactly. they're like, I'm still unsure. Like, I just heard a pitch, right? Well, it's just a pitch. I don't know if I want to invest yet. But I exactly. am I interested? Yeah. If they're interested, you make it easy for them. Exactly. And if they're not interested, okay, I guess they're not interested anyway. But don't yeah. end the conversation with asking for money. That's such a, a choker. It, it just kills the entire vibe, asking for I agree. money. Use I it agree. as leverage. Yes. So this has been super valuable for our entrepreneurs out there. Moti, thank you so much uh, for thank coming you. on our show. And, you know, I, Moti also has a successful podcast and, and a bunch of other stuff going on. Can you tell our audience a little about that? Absolutely. So my podcast is called How to Sell Your Vision. And in this podcast, I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, um, VC partners who are sharing their insight on how to raise in today's market. Uh, for those of you who are listening, I'm also just happen to be the top writer on Medium when it comes to investor pitching and, um, and startups. So if you're interested in more tips and more articles, feel free to search me up on Medium. Um, so how to sell your vision podcast and myself, Moti Elkheim on Medium, you'll be able to find a lot of materials that could help you. I'm Captain Hoff. CEO of Founderspace, the leading global startup accelerator. I'm also author of the award-winning books, Make Elephants Fly, Surviving a Startup, and The Five Horses.